This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Ujia Dean. Today is Thursday, September 22nd. Coming up, Kansas legislators want voters to give them power to overturn state rules and regulations set by the governor. Critics say the move is meant to shift political power from Democratic governors to Republican lawmakers. The Republican supermajority will never allow a Democratic governor to use their powers in the way that Laura Kelly used her power. Plus, polls show young people are expected to vote in high numbers this November, even though they're not so happy with the political climate or with politicians. They don't seem to have a lot of experience in, you know, face-to-face knowledge of what we're going through and what we're dealing with on a daily basis. And it's almost like having a boss that's never worked there before that doesn't really know what's going on and try to tell you what to do. Millennials and Gen Z on why they plan to vote. But first, some headlines. A new poll shows the race for governor in Kansas is a virtual dead heat between Democratic incumbent Laura Kelly and Republican Attorney General Derek Schmidt. KCUR's Brian Ellison has more. The Emerson College poll has Kelly leading Schmidt 45 to 43 percent, a difference within the poll's 3 percent margin of error, with 4 percent favoring someone else and 8 percent of voters still undecided. Maybe more telling, Kelly is leading 3 to 2 among independent voters. The heated race for state attorney general is also very close. Republican Chris Kobach leads Democrat Chris Mann 41 to 39 percent, with 16 percent undecided. Asked for their top priorities in the election, now less than seven weeks away, nearly half of those polled said the economy was their biggest issue, followed by abortion access, health care and immigration. Kansas City Royals president of baseball operations Dayton Moore has been fired. KCUR's Zach Perez reports Moore was with the team for more than 16 years. The decision was announced at a press conference yesterday. Dayton Moore oversaw the team during consecutive World Series appearances, first in 2014 and again in 2015 when the Royals won, but the team has not had a winning season since. During the press conference, Moore said that despite the team's recent shortcomings, he is grateful for his time in Kansas City. I'm very proud of what we've accomplished here. I'm very proud of of our culture. And I'm really excited about the future of the Kansas City Royals. Current Royals general manager J.J. Piccolo will step in to lead the club's baseball operations effective immediately. A rise in fentanyl deaths among young people is prompting more Kansas schools to stock a medicine used to treat overdoses. Suzanne Perez of the Kansas News Service reports. Most school districts in the Kansas City area are arming school nurses or administrators with Narcan, a nasal spray used to treat suspected opioid overdoses. The Blue Valley School Board voted recently to stock the drug in high schools and to train employees to administer it. James Adams is a board member for the Siemens School District in Topeka, where officials have proposed stocking Narcan. He says schools have to consider the emergency treatment to save lives. That is a sad thing we have to do, but I look it up today, and uh, there's all over the internet. I mean, type in Narcan, space, schools, billion results. Narcan is designed to quickly treat potential overdoses, but it has no effect on people who don't have opioids in their system. Kansas Republicans want to give the legislature more power over the governor through what's known as a legislative veto. That would allow them to override her policy decisions on the environment, social services, and many other issues. Kansas News Service reporter Dylan Lyson spoke with editor Stephen Caranda about a proposed amendment to the state constitution that voters will decide in November. 
This proposed state constitutional amendment would give the legislature new political power over the state's executive branch. Uh, so, Dylan, lawmakers could actually overturn regulations set by the governor's agencies. Am I right? Yes, the governor oversees state agencies that provide a lot of services for things like the environment, commerce and labor, and you know social services that uh, affect Kansans' lives every day. And each of those agencies have rules and regulations for how they will operate, and those are major policy decisions. Um, and historically, the governor is in charge of all that. Uh, but the legislature would be able to change those rules and regulations if they don't agree with them or believe they go further than state law intended. It kind of sounds like this would give more power to the legislature. Is that why legislative leaders want it? Yes, uh, Republicans say it provides a legislative oversight to the state bureaucracy. Um, they, you know, those are the unelected state officials who are running these state agencies every day. Um, but by giving the legislature more oversight, Republicans say the new, new amendment would put more authority in the hands of lawmakers who are accountable to ordinary Kansans, which, you know, the bureaucracy is not. Right now, we have a Republican-controlled legislature and a Democratic governor. That makes it look somewhat political. Uh, how do Democrats see this whole issue? Right. Uh, you know, as we know, uh, political theory and political reality do not always align. Uh, Democrats believe this is a direct attack on Governor Laura Kelly. And uh, Russell Arbin Fox, a political scientist at Friends University in Wichita, he told me they are probably right. Uh, he says there's legitimate reasons for installing legislative veto, you know, uh, diversifying the power structure of the government. Uh, but in Kansas, the reason for this amendment uh, appears to be purely political. This amendment is being driven to prove to Republican voters that the Republican supermajority in the legislature will never allow a Democratic governor to use their powers uh, in the way that Laura Kelly used her powers. What kinds of things has Kelly's administration done that upset Republicans? Well, Kelly made several decisions during the COVID-19 pandemic that Republicans didn't think she should be able to make. One of the most obvious was a statewide mask mandate. Lawmakers this year tried to ban mask mandates, but Kelly vetoed that bill. Uh, however, if a legislative veto existed, they would have just been able to stop any future uh, mask mandate from going into effect. They also criticized Kelly for closing schools for the remainder of the school year in 2020 when the pandemic emerged. Kelly's opponent for governor this fall will be Republican State Attorney General Derek Schmidt. How does he feel about this amendment? Uh, he actually supports it. In fact, he helped the legislature craft the proposal. Um, he told a crowd at a candidate forum that a few states, both uh, Republican and Democrat-dominated states, have enacted legislative veto powers, and he thinks Kansas should join them. There is no meaningful check over those regulations now. That's what this is intended to authorize, and I think it's the right thing to do for transparency and accountability in the administrative state. Beyond politicians, who else is pushing for this amendment? Uh, well, the state's business community is also backing the measure. Uh, the Kansas Chamber of Commerce is supporting it as a way to reel in state regulations that kind of tie the hands of the business community. Um, but Democrats fear the amendment will also allow Republicans to change rules and regulations that are meant to protect Kansans. Uh, state Representative John Carmichael, he pointed to clean air and water rules that hog farmers in Kansas kind of find obtrusive. And of, of course, the Kansas Livestock Association is also one of the groups uh, supporting the amendment. 
That was Kansas News Service reporter Dylan Lyson and editor Stephen Caranda. KCUR's Kansas News Service is a collaboration covering health, education, and politics across the state. Polls show high numbers of millennial and Gen Z voters are expected to turn out in November, just as they've done in the last two elections. KCUR's Laura Ziegler reports some young people around Kansas City say they're voting in spite of their distrust and disillusionment with the political process and politicians. 18-year-old Evan Berry says he'll vote for the first time in November, but listen to the three words he uses to describe politicians today. Greed, selfish, manipulative. Berry's a boyish-looking student at Kansas City, Kansas Community College, and he was walking hand-in-hand with 19-year-old Anna Ringle, both headed for class wearing backpacks, t-shirts, and jeans. It feels like the politicians are in it for themselves and not necessarily for us. It's not like to help us, it's, it's... How are they going to get the most money? They and all their peers, they say, get their news from social media. It bothers them that many of their friends don't even check their sources or verify the facts. But they also blame politicians for not trying to reach out to young people where they consume their media. So it's like, how am I supposed to vote if I don't know what's happening, like what the truth is? Despite Ringel's concern, a 2020 Pew Research poll found young voters, particularly among her age group, are expected to continue the recent trend of voting in record numbers in upcoming elections. Many of these first-time voters found themselves adversely affected by the pandemic, more likely to lose their jobs or take a pay cut. They expected to enter a pre-pandemic strong economy where good jobs were abundant and easily accessible. But that's not the case, says Cy Chapman. The 18-year-old just graduated from Central High and describes the political climate this way. Corrupt, uh, very secretive, and difficult. Chapman is working at Walmart for now, but ultimately hopes to become a firefighter. He still worries about COVID, but even more about the cost of food, of school, and the $90 he's spending to fill up his tank with gas. But he says he's going to vote anyway. I'm going to vote whenever I need to vote, you know. So do I really, should I be voting? Does my word really matter? But, you know, like everybody else say, that your word does matter, so I do vote. A Harvard study shows young voters are disillusioned by partisan bickering, by politicians, lack of empathy, and concern about issues that most affect their lives. Authors of the study say young voters will continue to turn out, but they view the system as corrupt and biased in favor of older, wealthier elites. Washburn political scientist Bob Beatty says there's an old political science adage that reinforces the idea that the youth vote is expendable. There's a reason you don't mess with Social Security. Because <laughs> you're not going to win an election if you do. But you, you can't, you, you don't have to raise the minimum wage. Eddie has been studying electoral politics for more than 25 years. Historically, he says, the youth vote is unreliable. They may turn out in record numbers for one election and stay home the next. They're often difficult to organize. But these are definitions of youth. Because of these things, there can be this vicious cycle where elected officials don't pay much attention to their concerns because there's no electoral incentive to do so. Elijah Adams, a 22-year-old business major from Topeka, was at the Kansas City, Kansas Community College recently checking out course offerings. He's dressed in a snappy blue suit and tie. The self-described independent says he wants to vote but finds politicians disingenuous. 
they're not really out there unless they're just there to give a little speech and leave. So how are they going to represent a community that they're not even a part of? Adams did not vote in 2020 because he didn't like candidates Trump or Biden, and he doesn't feel President Biden has fulfilled his promises. At the local level, he doesn't see elected officials addressing issues that matter to his community, like inflation or affordable housing or social services. They don't seem to have a lot of experience in, you know, face-to-face knowledge of what we're going through and what we're dealing with on a daily basis. And it's almost like having a boss that's never worked there before that doesn't really know what's going on trying to tell you what to do. Across the state line in South Kansas City, Missouri, 19-year-old Manny Jaime is holding a plastic bottle of yellow enzyme water as he prepares to go into his workout at a gym in the Red Bridge Shopping Center. A registered Democrat who calls himself a progressive Latino, he represents the young, more racially and ethnically diverse demographic that may change the political zeitgeist. Like if somebody comes up to me and starts talking to me about their like Republican views, I'm like, I'll hear them out. I'm not going to completely shut them out just because like I have my values. You know, I can take stuff in from both sides. Jaime said when he turned 18 and started to think about voting, he realized the stuff he was hearing on the news directly affects him. Student loan debt forgiveness, immigration restrictions. I saw how important it is to vote, he told me, so next election, I'll definitely vote. If the polls are correct, a lot of people will be joining him. For KCUR 89.3, I'm Laura Ziegler. This podcast is produced by Byron Love and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez, Gabe Rosenberg, and CJ Janovey. To read Laura's story about young voters and Dylan's story on the proposed constitutional amendment in Kansas, visit kcur.org, where you can find more local news from Kansas City's NPR station. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow. You don't have to travel far to discover something new. KCUR's Creative Adventure email can help. Our weekly adventures will help you discover new ways to explore the Kansas City region. Join the adventure and subscribe at kcur.org adventure.